Well, good morning, Orchard Church. Great to see everyone today. Take out your Bibles, your mobile devices, whichever you choose to use as your Bible. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11 this morning. Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Uh, as you're doing that this morning, anybody excited about what you're seeing happening next door to Prairie View High School? Can we give the Lord some praise for that? Uh, they have the major structural steel 100% completed. They're starting to work on the walls on the west side. They're going to pour uh, the slab for the experience room, the auditorium this week. Things are really progressing along. We were able to tour some things this week. They actually said they're ahead of schedule in certain areas thanks to the incredible weather. So if you've enjoyed the historically warm and nice weather this winter here in Colorado, you can thank Orchard Church's prayers for that, right? Amen. We, we prayed it in. I also want to give you guys a quick update and ask you to continue praying. I asked you a couple of weeks ago to be praying because we're trying to sell some of our excess land. We've got about 15 acres we're trying to sell to a builder because that's a hot uh, commodity right now. And uh, God is hearing our prayers, hearing your prayers, because yesterday I had a lunch meeting. We received one offer and we're expecting a second offer on Monday or Tuesday this week. So can we give God praise for that? So we got a lot of details and things to work out, but that would really be a huge blessing so we can put that against uh, the loan and keep our debt down as, as low as possible. Uh, we believe we're maybe positioning ourselves to move into the building with over 50% of it paid for and the land all completely paid for. And so just keep praying for that. Thank you to all of you, your incredible generosity, your tithes, your offerings, those that are giving to the legacy campaign over and above that. Uh, we could not do this without you. Everything you see happening over there, and most importantly, the lives that are going to be changed as we continue to advance the kingdom in this community. You guys are a part of this, and it's an exciting time here at Orchard Church, so I wanted to give you guys that update. Let me ask you guys a, a question by a show of hands this morning. How many of you have ever in your life wondered, why on earth am I here? What is my purpose? What am I created for? I think we've all wondered that at certain times. Today's message, I hope, is going to answer that question for many of you, if not all of you today. Um, the message I'm going to share today is, is a message that I heard in different pieces. Uh, pieces and parts of uh, over 25 years ago. And when I heard this, it changed my life as a Christian and it changed my life as a pastor and someone who's been in full-time ministry over 25 years. And I've, I've shared this message in churches all over the country. I've shared it in churches around the world with missionaries. Um, I haven't shared it here at Orchard Church though in over nine years. And what I realized is nine years ago, most of you were not here. And so I thought it's time uh, for you to hear this again. It's about our discipleship ministry. Uh, today we're concluding our two-week mini-series called Me to Three. You say, what is Me to Three? Me to Three is all about our disciple-making ministry here at Orchard Church. Um, we have a process of making disciples. We call it reach, relate, reproduce. It's the reproduce part of that. Um, we're basing this series on 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And Paul said this to Timothy. The apostle Paul uh, had a young man that he mentored in the faith. He was his spiritual uh, leader, his spiritual mentor, his, his coach, if you will. And Paul said to Timothy, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. In other words, Paul taught some things to Timothy. Now teach these truths to what church? Other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to who church? others. And what you see here is four generations of discipleship. Paul said, I'm giving it to Timothy, who's going to give it to some other trustworthy people, who's going to give it to some other people. That's the idea of me to three, that disciples make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It's not spiritual addition, it's spiritual multiplication, that we reproduce reproducers. That's what me to three is all about. Um, if you weren't able to be here last week, please go online, uh, watch the message. Ryan, uh, sing, uh, Ryan, um, 
Dickinson, excuse me, we've got two Ryans now, got to keep them straight. He gave the message and gave a lot of the details about our discipleship ministry here at Orchard Church. He gives a kind of a close-up look at our process. So I'm not going to go into that again today, but what we're rather gonna, today we're going to do is we're kind of going to zoom out. He zoomed in, we're going to zoom out. You say, why are we doing this? Why did Paul make disciples? Why 2,000 years later are we to make disciples? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus' famous last words were these. Go and say it, church, go and Make disciples of all nations. Many people refer to this as the great commission. It's, notice it's not the great suggestion of Jesus. This was not a suggestion, you know, hey, if you think about it, if you feel like it, if you get around to it. No, it's the great commission. The great command is to go and make disciples of all nations. We say it this way here at Orchard Church. We want to make sure that Jesus' last command is our first concern. Okay, I was waiting for a lot of amens there. You're not awake. I don't know. The weather's got you down. Let me give you another opportunity. We here at Orchard Church want to make sure that Jesus' last command is our first concern. Amen. Amen? And so that's why we're taking a couple of weeks to talk about discipleship, me to three. You say, where's Orchard Church going? You know, we're, we're opening this new building. We're going to move in. It's a historic time. But where are we going five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years? We're going to continue to do what Jesus told us to do. Our vision at Orchard Church is this, multiplying disciple-making churches. We didn't come here just to plant a tree or a church, but we want to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. We want to reproduce reproducers, multiplying disciple-making churches, which which means we've got to be a disciple-making church. Since we planted Orchard Church 11 years ago, we've had the privilege to be a part of planting 11 other churches, um, either out of our church or coming alongside of churches and helping them get planted. That's going to continue. And as we do this, we're going to fulfill our mission. Our mission is simply this, helping people find and follow Jesus. Can we all agree with that? Amen? I mean, at the end of the day, we want to bring people to Christ and then see, see them saved and put their faith in Christ and then learn to follow him. A disciple is a follower, a learner. That's simply everything we do is, is about that, to help people find and follow Jesus. And discipleship is at the core and the heart of that. It's the ultimate goal. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to kind of take a panoramic view of the Bible this morning. We're going to kind of zoom out. Most of the time here at Orchard, um, if you're a guest today, normally we're kind of zooming in on a book of the Bible or a passage or a verse, and, and we're kind of dissecting it. We're going to zoom out today. One of the things I love about our area and our community in the Denver metro area is we have this beautiful range that we can see of the mountains. Don't you love that? Um, we, we don't just see one mountain. We can just see the whole panoramic view of the Rocky Mountains. That's what I'm going to give you from the Bible this morning, one of my favorite messages. Now listen, this is a little different than we normally do. If you don't normally take notes, if there's ever a day to take notes, it's today. You're going to wish you would have so you can follow along. Um, this is a little deeper, but I believe you guys can handle it. I believe in your church. So if you guys believe you can handle this and you're ready, say, bring it on. All right, let's do it. We're going to talk today about the fact that God has always, we're going to go from eternity past to the present, all right, in about 30 minutes. So I'm going to talk fast, you think fast and write fast. And God, here's what I want you to understand, God has always wanted to do something through some beings called sons of God. 
Children of God, sons of God, God has always had a plan. We're going to start out, you have this in your notes, in Ezekiel 28, 11, talking about Lucifer and the sons of God in eternity past. I'm going to take you on a journey beginning in eternity past right now with Ezekiel uh, 28, Lucifer and the sons of God. Now, I know that sounds like a really cool rock band name, Lucifer and the sons of God, but there's way more to it than that. And as we jump in in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11, Ezekiel was a prophet. He was given a message to an evil king of Tyre. And, and that's historically happened. But as God often does, in this message to the king of Tyre, he's also giving a message to another created being. It's, it's more than just the king of Tyre. If you pay attention to what the scripture says, and, and let's read it. In Ezekiel 28, 11, it says, Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom, and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. How many have ever heard of the garden of Eden? Okay, now we know this is talking about more than just the king of Tyre, because king of Tyre was never in the garden of Eden. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue green beryl, onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli. Anybody got one of those today? You hanging around your neck? Turquoise and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. So, so we're learning about this, this created being that was made of all these beautiful jewels. Some of the other original translations, like the old King James says, not only were there all these jewels, but there was timbrels and there was pipes and musical instruments. This is a, a really interesting created being. And it says in verse 14, God says, I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. Okay, now we know that this is an angelic being. This isn't just the king of Tyre. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Are, are some of you getting a picture and an idea who this created being might be? You have this in your notes. This was a special creation of God, okay? Who is this Created being, made of all these jewels and musical instruments. The Bible says he was perfect. He was full of wisdom. He was full of, full of beauty and all these jewels. Most scholars believe, and I, I tend to believe, that this is a being that we know as Lucifer. In, in eternity past, before he fell, Isaiah 14 gives us his name, Lucifer. It means light bearer or reflector of light. We know that 1 John 1.5 says that God is light. And so picture this as Lucifer is made of all these jewels and all these musical instruments and the Shekinah glory and the light of God would shine, it would reflect and reflect, refract off of all these jewels and these musical instruments off of this being called Lucifer. This is why maybe some of you have heard somewhere in church that Lucifer used to be the worship leader in heaven in eternity past. If you're with me, say yes. This is, this is where it comes from. But notice he's in Eden, the garden of God. We don't have time to get into all that, but just file that away for a moment, that this was happening in the garden of God in eternity past in Eden. He's leading some beings to worship God. Who are these beings that he's leading to worship God? What are their names? What are they called? Who are these angelic beings? What's well, very interesting in Job chapter 38, verse 7, when God was creating the foundation of the earth in eternity past, a long time ago, God says this to Job. He asks him some questions. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? 
When the morning stars sang together, they're worshiping God, and all the, say it church, all the sons of God shouted for joy. There it is, Lucifer and the sons of God. So you can only imagine his job as he was this created being, and he's leading all these beings called sons of God to worship God, to love God, to glorify and honor God. And, and the light is refracting and reflecting off of all these jewels and all these instruments. I mean, he had his own one-man band and light show going. I mean, really, in eternity past. He was a special creation of God. He was a special creation of God. And because he was a special creation, he was given a special commission. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. What was his responsibility? What was his commission? You have it in your notes. It was simply this, to reflect the glory of God throughout the universe and to lead beings called sons of God to love, glorify, and worship God. If you're with me, say yes. If you're not, I'm sorry I left you back at the donut shop, okay? We got to keep moving. Just, just hang in there. So this was what was going on in eternity past. This was Lucifer, this created being, this special creation, given a special commission to lead beings called sons of God, to love, worship, glorify, and honor God. And, and, but what he noticed was, you know, I, man, I'm the man. Man, the way, look at how God has made me. I'm all that in a bag of chips. And, you know, as they're worshiping God, they're looking at me, and I kind of like it. Which leads us, you have this in your notes, to Satan's counter. What was his agenda? His agenda was to exalt himself. His attack, how did he do this? Isaiah 14 verse 12 says this. How you are fallen from heaven, who church? O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. He goes on to say this in Isaiah. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, which means he had a throne and it was in Eden. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, a place only reserved for God. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. And then he said, he summed it all up this way, I will be like the most high. He wanted to be God. Lucifer had an eye problem, Amen. He's like, I want this, and I want that, and I want to be God. We know that the middle letter of pride is I. And so his agenda was he wanted to be like God. And what was the aftermath? The aftermath we read in Scripture is he lost his position as the worship leader, leading sons of God to worship God. He lost his name. Now, today, we don't refer to him usually as Lucifer. We refer to him as Satan, the devil, the old serpent. But you know what? God didn't just give up. God had another plan. So he had this, this created being, this special creation of God, given a special commission, but he fell and he blew it. But God had another plan to do something with a special creation in the Garden of Eden, which leads us in your notes to the next person, Adam, the son of God. Adam, the son of God. He was also a special creation of God. Now I'm going to make it easy for you. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Okay? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and I want to talk about another special creation of God and something that happens in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
and, and I, I'm not going to go into this very deep, but you know, some people say you don't find the Trinity in the Bible. All you got to do is look in chapter 1 of Genesis. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God put it right there. I think that's pretty cool. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They're going to rule. They're going to reign. He's going to have a throne. So God created human, be human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Adam and Eve were a special creation of God. They were made in the image and likeness of God. Now, what is God like? We already said God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so God is three in one. How did God make man? The Bible says that God reached down and he got some dust from the ground to make his body. Now, this is just me speculating. I don't know if it happened this way, but if I'm God, I'm given, and I've got a place in the Garden of Eden to pick to get some dust, I'm going to go to where there was once a throne by a man named Lucifer that blew it, and that's where I'm going to make man and be like, watch this, because this would have been like a mic drop moment in the face of, of, of Satan. Because everything he wanted, he gave to Adam. And he formed his body. And the Bible says that he formed man out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. How did God make man? Body, soul, and spirit. Three in one. Three in one. He was made just like God. He was made just like God. In the image of God. In the likeness of God. All before he sinned and all before he fell. And because of that, because he was made in the image and likeness of God, he was able to have the title Son of God. A lot of people miss this. Adam, before he sinned, was called the Son of God. In Luke chapter 3, verse 38, it's tracing the genealogy. You know that part of your Bible you and I always skip over? There's some nuggets in there, and I'll, I'll bore you. I won't, I won't bore you with all the details. We're not going to go all the way from Jesus to Adam, but the last part of it, tracing the genealogy from Jesus Christ all the way back to the garden, to the first man, Adam, it says, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. There it is, the son of God. Adam was called the son of God, a special creation of God made in the image and likeness of God. And because he was a special creation of God, guess what? God gave him a special commission, a, a special responsibility. What was his job? What was his commission? Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, he gives the commission to Adam and Eve. It says, then God blessed them and said, here's your commission, be fruitful and multiply. Everybody say, be fruitful and multiply. Be multiply. And fill the earth and govern it. That, that's what he told him to do. What, would, what did he tell him to do? Multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Reproduce reproducers. You know, and I think about this. Man, Adam and Eve had it so easy. Their Bible had two verses in it. That's it. Two verses. One do and one don't. Do, be fruitful and multiply. That's your commission. And don't jack with that tree. That's it. Two verses. And they, they messed it up for all of us. Now, 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 here's the problem, though. Their commission was to be fruitful and multiply. Adam's commission was to be fruitful and multiply. I'm not going to get into the birds and the bees this morning, okay? But, but listen, Adam could not be fruitful and multiply alone. If you're with me, say, shake your head, okay? You're with me. He needed some help with this. I find this very humorous. In Genesis chapter 2, 
Verse 18, then the Lord God said to Adam, it's, okay, he talks about in chapter 1 how he created Adam and Eve, but then he gives the details of it in chapter 2. And so he's starting with Adam, and he made Adam, and he's telling him to be fruitful and multiply, but he can't do this by himself. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. And all the men said, amen. Some of you men are in trouble because you didn't say amen right there. I will make, watch this, I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, this, verse 19 in Genesis chapter 2 is one of the funniest verses in the Bible to me. God comes to Adam and says, Adam, you need to be fruitful. You need to be multiplied. You need to reproduce yourself. And I'm going to make a helper to help you with this. Verse 19, very next thing. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the, all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But there still was no helper just right for him. I don't know about you guys, but I find that hilarious. Because God says, be fruitful and multiply. Reproduce yourself. And I'm going to make a helper just right for you. And then God starts popping out all these animals. You know? And the animal comes by. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's a hippopotamus. And he's like, that is not what I had in mind, God. I, I mean, I'm not sure what I had in mind because I've never seen it before, but that's not it. Just name it. Okay, hippo. You know, he pops out another one. Rhinoceros, you know, duckbill platypus, orangutan, you know, alligator, cat, you know. I mean, just, I mean, it just goes downhill. And, 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 and. And he's like, name it. And he goes through the entire animal kingdom naming them, but there's no helper found suitable for Adam. It says there was no helper found just right for him. And Adam's probably thankful at this point. And then it says in verse 21, so the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. He gave him a little divine anesthetic, if you will. I don't know what it was. Some of y'all probably like, it's probably something from the garden that we like here in Colorado, but I don't, I don't think that was it. I don't think that was it. And while the man slept, the Lord God took one of man's ribs and he closed up the opening. Now, don't miss this. Looking for a helper. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, bow, chicka, bow, bow. <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. Listen, if you guys would get a little more serious about the Bible and study your Hebrew language, you'll find that that's what that means, okay? <laughs> Is it still okay to have fun in church? Is it okay? Okay. But no, I mean, what, what does it say? He brings her to the man and he says, at last! <laughs> Yes, the man explained. This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman or woman. And I know some people say, well, it's because when Adam saw her the first time, he said, whoa, man. <laughs> it's funny, but there's a deeper truth that maybe we miss. He says, she shall be called woman, womb man. Because she was taken for man. And you know, you think about it. You know what a woman is? It's a man with a womb that has the ability to do what Adam could not do alone. To have children. To have sons of God. To reproduce. And so here was the commission given to Adam and Eve. The special creations of God made in the image and likeness of God. All before they fell and all before they sinned. 
They were given a special commission. Here's their commission. Through the intimacy of his relationship with his bride, Eve, Adam was to take his physical seed and, say it, church, reproduce sons of God to populate the whole earth with beings who would love, glorify, and worship God. Can I have an amen? amen. He now is going to have the opportunity to do what Lucifer was once doing, but blew it and fell and couldn't do it. This, this was God's plan, and this, was, this is how it was supposed to be before they ate of the forbidden fruit, before they sinned against God. But do you think that Lucifer, who now is Satan, who's already fallen, is going to sit back and just let this happen? No. And here's Satan's counter. His agenda to cause Adam to lose the image of God because of his sin. He destroyed Adam's fellowship with God. He could no longer walk with God in the garden to keep Adam from fulfilling his mission to reproduce sons of God. His attack was this, to get him to question the word of God, to get him to eat of the forbidden fruit. And what was the aftermath? The sad aftermath, because Adam and Eve listened to Satan, the serpent in the garden. Adam died spiritually and eventually died physically, which God never intended to happen if they had never sinned. They were just going to continue to populate the earth, and they'd be with us today to live forever with all these beings called sons of God. But because they fell, Adam died physically and spiritually, and when he died spiritually, he lost the image of God. He now has a fallen image, a sinful image. And that's what's been passed on to all of mankind. And Adam's fellowship with God is broken. Adam, now don't miss this, Adam and Eve could continue to populate the earth, but with sons in their own image, a fallen image, not in the image of God. We know this because in Genesis chapter 5, it says at the age of 130 that Adam and Eve had a son and his name was Seth, and it says that he was in the image of Adam, not in the image of God. Because he blew it. So let me kind of bring you guys up to speed, all right? You can go back and check some of this out later. We started out in eternity past with Lucifer, a special creation of God, given a special commission to lead beings called sons of God, to love, glorify, and worship God. And he fell, and he blew it. And then you, God does something else in the garden with a man named Adam and, and his wife Eve. They're a special creation of God. He gives them a special commission to fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply, to reproduce sons of God that would bring honor and glory and love and worship to God. But because of their sin, they blew it. So did God then at that point just give up or did he have another plan? And what's interesting is we're going to skip forward, fast forward, if you will. You're kind of in your DVR and you want to get through the commercials. 4,000 years of human history in the Bible. From Adam and Eve, 4,000 years forward to your New Testament, and nobody else is called a son of God. Nobody else is given the title, son, sons of God, until one starry night in a little town called Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, there was a virgin named Mary who gave birth to a child that we know today as the son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, what happened with that? Okay, let's talk about this. You have it in your notes. Jesus, that brings us up to Jesus and the sons of God. And, for, and what's interesting is 1 Corinthians 15 says that Jesus is called the last Adam. He's called the last Adam. What the first Adam could not accomplish and complete, the last Adam has. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, has now made it possible for the earth to once again be filled with people called sons of God, children of God. They're, they're special creations of God. 
So that brings us to the special creations of God today. Where are these sons of God today? Who are these sons of God today? Who are these children of God today? Listen, all of it was set up for this. John 1.12 says this, but as many as received him, the him here is Jesus, but as many as will receive and put their faith and trust in Jesus, to them gave he power to become what, church? The sons of God. Yes! Can we celebrate that? I mean, that is us. I mean, what Lucifer had and lost and what Adam had and lost, we now have the opportunity at. To them who put their faith and trust in Jesus, he gives power to become the sons of God, the children of God, the daughters of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's why, listen, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we like to quote this all the time, but I hope that I'll put uh, some fresh and new meaning to it this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Apostle Paul said this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, interesting, a new creation, a special creation. Do you see it, guys? You know, you go, man, Pastor Doug, why is he so pumped up this morning? Because it's now our turn. It's now our chance. It's now our opportunity. And there is no other plan. We're it until Jesus comes. It's now our opportunity to fulfill the commission that God has given to us. And because we are a special creation, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we've been given a special commission. It's in your notes. Let's talk about it. What is our special commission because of Jesus? Through the intimacy of our relationship with Jesus as our spiritual husband. That's how we're described in the Bible. We allow him to take his spiritual seed, which is the word of God. And through the womb of our life, we are to say it, church, reproduce, reproduce what? Sons of God on earth who will love, glorify, and worship God. That's why we are so passionate about disciple making here at Orchard Church. Our commission is the same that Adam had to be fruitful and multiply, not only physically, but spiritually. You know, the truth is we can't all physically reproduce and multiply. Some people, unfortunately, just for different reasons and health reasons haven't been able to, but we can all spiritually multiply, amen? We can all spiritually reproduce ourselves. That is what discipleship is all about. That is what me to three is all about. That I lead someone to Christ. I spend s- several months helping them to grow in the word of God and their relationship with Jesus and mature in their faith because mature people reproduce. And then that they can lead someone to Christ and then they can do for them what was done for them. And that I make a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple. It's reproducing reproducers. It's me to three. Does that make sense, church? And that's why we're so passionate about this because this is God's eternal plan. See, listen, it's not enough to God just to be called a son of God or a child of God. That's a great start. But God desperately wants us to reproduce ourselves in the lives of others. He wants us to have some babies, some spiritual babies. And he wants us to have some kids. He wants us to have some grandkids and some great-grandkids. That's what we're put here for. This is, what, this is what life is about when we understand God's family and God's kingdom. And I'd like to just share my heart with you guys. You know, I, whenever I've taken the spiritual gifts test all my life, I always score highest on evangelism, leading people to Christ. It's one of my, my top spiritual gifts. 
And, and over 20 years ago, my greatest joy was just leading someone to Christ. And then I'd move on and lead somebody else to Christ until somebody introduced me to some of the things I'm sharing with you last week and this week that we've heard about discipleship. And I understood the Great Commission is not go and lead people to Christ. It's not go and evangelize. It's go and make disciples. And leading someone to Christ is the first step. It's just seeing them born into God's family, but God wants them to grow to maturity so that they can have spiritual babies and they can reproduce themselves. My greatest joy used to be leading people to Christ, and I still love that more than anything. But you know what? Now, my greatest joy is not just leading someone to Christ, but seeing them discipled, seeing them baptized, and then seeing them bring someone to Christ and discipling them and seeing the spiritual tree grow. Because that's what God called us to do. That's what discipleship and reproduction is all about. God wants some children and some grandchildren. That's where the name Orchard Church came from. Maybe some of you wonder, why did we, where did we come up with the name Orchard? You know, was it a subdivision or a mall? Or No, it comes from the Bible. John chapter 15, it's everywhere if you know where to look for it. In John chapter 15, uh, Jesus said, Here's how my Father is glorified and worshipped, that you bear much fruit and that your fruit remains and that it reproduces. We want to be not a tree, but an orchard, a fruit tree, because fruit has within it the seeds to reproduce other fruits. We want to do that as a church, individually by making disciples and corporately by planting other churches. Listen, it's all about being fruitful and multiplying. That's what it's all about. And you know, man, I, nobody is more excited and pumped than I am about our new building. We're so looking forward to that coming this fall, and we get to move in and have a permanent location. But I think if we're not careful, we're going to think when we move into that building, okay, this was the final goal. This was the ultimate. And I've told you guys before, if you're new to Orchard Church, when we moved here 11 years ago, when God called us to this community to plant Orchard Church, it was never to build a building. It was to advance God's kingdom. And if we need a building to help us with that, that's great. The only reason for a facility is to better facilitate ministry, the ministry of making disciples. And I'm excited about the building. I mean, we can't wait to move into the building. But listen, I, I want to frame this for you guys, okay? We're going to put this building on a map, okay? This is a map of our community. That dot right there represents right next door where we're sitting right now. And that's where our new building is going to be. And if we're not careful, we're going we're gonna to tell people, yeah, that's Orchard Church. That's Orchard Church. That's Orchard Church. Let me help you guys. That is not Orchard Church. This is Orchard Church. Amen. Not this building. The people. And this will always be the sons of God, the daughters of God, the children of God. And the only reason for a facility is to better facilitate ministry. And, and so that's where our building is going to be. That circle represents a 10-mile radius of our area where the majority of our people travel to Orchard Church, to come to our church. Within that circle live currently and growing exponentially all the time 250,000 people. Right now, 250,000 people, and I've seen many studies that say that's going to double in the next 10 years, live in that area, and we're just one small dot building next door. And of those 250,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our building, 90% of them claim no church affiliation, meaning many of them do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's a lot of disciples to be made. Amen, church? The field is white unto harvest. But here's the thing, if we think that the way we're going to advance the kingdom and make disciples is to focus on that location and that building, then we've missed the whole point. Because the Great Commission is not, wait till people arrive and they come and then make disciples. What's the first word of the Great Commission? Go. Go. So let me put this in perspective. That dot is not Orchard Church. 
These dots represent Orchard Church. That is where the families are currently coming from that call Orchard Church their home right now in our community. I'd say we've got it covered. Amen? Can we celebrate that? Amen? That is how we're going to reach this community for Christ. As we go and we make disciples, as we talk to our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers in our sphere of influence in our life, and we invite them to church or we tell them about Jesus, as we go and make disciples together, that's how we can reach this community for Jesus Christ and make disciples. But we've all got to do it. It's, we're, we're all in this together. We, if you're a child of God, if you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a special creation of God given a special commission to reproduce sons of God. But do you think that Satan is going to just sit back and let this happen? Listen, Orchard Church has a massive bullseye on its back. He, Satan is not happy about what God is doing at Orchard Church. Would you agree? I mean, the thousands of, of people that have been saved and baptized and discipled and lives being changed and, and, the, and the thousand yet to come as we continue to move forward in this community. And Satan has a counter. His agenda is just simply this, to keep us from making disciples. Hey, how, what's, how's he going to attack us? Let me tell you how he's going to attack us, to busy us with lesser causes. The number, when we talk to people about getting involved in discipleship, the number one reason people say that they can't be a part of discipleship ministry here at Orchard Church is, I just don't have enough time. We learned this in our I Choose series in January. Is it not true? And I'm with you guys. We have time for what we make time for. We have time for what we choose to make time for. And I hope God has gotten some of our attention today to understand this is why we're here. From eternity past till now, this is why we were created. Good things become the enemy of the best things if we're not careful. I recently read a very sad study of the church today, the, the global church, and it said this, that less than 20% of Christians today ever make another disciple. And yet God wants 100% of us to be involved in this. One of my spiritual mentors used to say this all the time, and I've never forgot it. You know, at the end of life and the end of time, whatever it is for you, whatever it is for me, there's only two things that are going to last forever. Think about this. There's only two things that we have right now that are going to last for all eternity. The Word of God and the souls of people. Can we agree? That's it. Everything else is going to burn up one day. It's going to be gone. And discipleship is all about the Word of God and the souls of people. And they last forever. But Satan is going to attack us. He's going to try to keep us from doing this, just like he did Adam, just like he fell. And if he does, then the mission of reproducing sons of God is not fulfilled. Listen, I know Lucifer blew it. I know Adam blew it. Listen, Orchard Church, can we all agree together? Let's not blow it, amen? amen. Let's get this right. Let's do this. Because I believe that this is what God's purpose is. And I, I, that's why I wanted to zoom out and give you guys a panoramic view this morning. I want you to see that this has been God's plan and purpose from eternity past to today. And that we want to step into it. That we want to be a part of it. That we want to engage in this. Because if this is really our purpose and plan and what God's created us for, listen, we'll never be satisfied and fulfilled if, unless we're a part of it. Unless we step into it. It's our purpose. It's our turn. It's our opportunity to be a part of this incredible plan of God, as sons of God, as children of God, to reproduce ourselves in the lives of others for God's honor and glory. And thank God we get to be a part of it. He could have sent the angels to do this, but he, he gave us this opportunity. Let's thank him for that. Father, I just want to thank you 
for inviting us into your redemptive purposes to advance your kingdom in this community and around the world. May we today understand and grasp that this is what you have created us for, what you saved us for, what you adopted us in your family for, that we desperately want to reproduce for you. As we continue just in an attitude of prayer right now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and I know I'm speaking to many of you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. If God is speaking to you about getting involved in our discipleship ministry here at Orchard Church, it's not a program. Programs come and go. This is the ministry Jesus left us to do until he comes. If you say, man, I want Jesus' last command to be my first concern, then I want to ask you, just like we had over 80 people last week sign up to get involved in discipleship, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I want to ask you right now uh, just to take out that connection card that's in your newsletter. You can move right now, get your pens, do what you need to do. Take out that connection card and just give us your name, a legible email address, important, and a phone number. It doesn't mean you're locked in. It doesn't mean you're signing up. It just means you're saying, I want more information. I want more details. I want to get my questions asked because God is speaking to me today. Bible says that we're to be doers of the, the word, not just hearers only. I, here, here's my fear today. That many of you may walk out of here and say, wow, I never heard a message like that. Wow, I never saw that like that in the Bible. And it'll just be this wow informational message. But listen, the only reason for information is for transformation. And then we put it into practice and do something. So right now, the next step for many of you is to just sign up. Just give us your name, give us your email. Give us your phone number. Drop that in the offering bucket in a moment, and then you'll be contacted by us. Be looking for an email, okay? Check your spam junk folder. Sometimes it goes there, but grab that, and then you can begin the process of getting your questions answered. For some of you, you need to be discipled. You need a more mature believer to come along like Paul did with Timothy and be a spiritual mentor to you to help you grow in your faith. You're like, man, I want to grow in my faith, but I don't even know where to start. It's discipleship. For some of you, you've been discipled or you've discipled in the past and you kind of did the one and done instead of me to three and you need to get back in the game. Get back in being a part of what God's called us to do. So where, however God's speaking to you, you, you do that right now. Put that on your card and then we'll drop those in the offering bucket in just a moment. There may be a few of you here this morning. There may be some of you here this morning and you know what? God is speaking to you in a different way. Discipleship starts by becoming a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's where it all begins. And I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision today, to be born into God's family, to have your sins forgiven, to, have, to know you have a home in heaven someday, and you have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. The way we call on the Lord is through prayer. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer right now, out loud. And if God is speaking to your heart, I want to invite you to pray this with me. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if it comes from your heart, you can invite Jesus in your life today. You can become a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God today. And then begin a journey with Jesus. If that's you today, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer with me? It simply goes like this. Jesus, I'm calling on you today. I'm putting my faith in you, my trust in you. I'm receiving you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your family. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue in an attitude of prayer. Those filling out cards, just continue to do that. If you just prayed that prayer of faith and invited Jesus in your life and you meant it, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'd love to pray for you. And so right now, would you just slip up your hand so I can see it, so I can pray for you? Yes, I prayed that prayer. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am, over here. God bless you over here. God bless you. Up here, God bless you. 
Let me just, I want to pray for you in just a moment. But here's what I want to ask you to do. You know, you just made the most important decision of your life. And you're probably like, okay, what next? Where do I go from here? What does this mean? I want to ask you to take out that connection card as well. And just give us your name and your mailing address. And check that box that says, I accepted Christ. We're going to pray for you by name. We're going to send you a free book in the mail that you can kind of walk through. And it can begin to help you in your your journey with Jesus. So as I'm praying for you, you just fill that out. Drop that in the offering bucket in just a moment. We'll receive our gifts so we can continue to follow up with you. Father, we thank you for your incredible eternal plan that you've called us to be a part of. May we take it seriously. May we, we step into it. Uh, may we reproduce sons of God for your honor and for your glory and for your kingdom advancement's sake. Lord, thank you for those today putting their faith and trust in you, becoming sons and daughters of God, children of God. We welcome them into the family of God today and we celebrate their decision. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can we celebrate the new life in Christ this morning? Amen, amen. Um, if you filled out your card, get ready to put that in the offering bucket in just a moment. Um, if you made that decision, if you're a first-time guest, hopefully you fill out that guest connection card today, and you can drop that in the offering bucket. Um, we're going to send you a thank you note, a free gift in the mail from our church. If you're new to Orchard Church and I haven't met you personally, I would love to do so. I'll be hanging out in the courtyard by the white tent. Uh, come by and introduce yourself. Uh, we've just got a couple of weeks before what we call Super Bowl Sunday. Easter is Super Bowl for the church, and we're going to have uh, six incredible services here at Prairie View High School. Uh, but we've got a couple of weeks in between, and so we're not starting a new series till right after Easter. Uh, in two weeks, Palm Sunday, we're going to have a time of worship. Uh, it would be okay if we did a little ec- extra worship on a Sunday morning. You guys be okay with that? And we're going to do communion. So we're going to uh, do that on Palm Sunday. But next Sunday, I really, really urge you guys to make sure you're here, and I'll tell you why. Um, many people ask Orchard Church, you know, we are part of a denomination. We're not really, we're not a denominational church. Uh, we're, we're a Bible church. We're an independent, autonomous church, but we do definitely fellowship with other churches of like faith and we're part of a church network of about 2,500 churches around the United States called Converge Worldwide and we partner together uh, for kingdom advancement and church planting and we're one of the fastest growing churches if not the fastest in Converge and we've gotten the attention of Converge and they know we're building our building and everything that God's doing and so the president the president of Converge is flying here to be with us next week to just encourage us and talk to us as a church can we celebrate that it's going to be awesome he's an incredible uh, man of God, he is. A, you guys are gonna love this guy. Uh, I mean, I mean, he just just bleeds leadership. He was a pastor for many years before he became the president of our movement, and he took a church from 800 people to over 5,000 people. So he knows what's going on here. So he's gonna encourage us. He's gonna challenge us. So you want to be here? Scott Rideout is his name, and so I'll be here with him. And you don't want to miss that uh, next Sunday. Let's stand as we close in a song of worship. Worship the Lord through our tithes and offerings. I love you, Orchard Church, and have a wonderful, wonderful day.